everybody. It's Monday, March 14th, and that means it's time for another episode of Chatting with Agnes and Cecilia, Nonprofit Conversations. I'm one of your hosts, Cecilia Sapp. I'm the principal and founder of Rogue Tulips Consulting, and I'm here today with my friend and co-host, Agnes. I'm going to throw it over to Agnes to introduce herself and say hello. Thank you, Cecilia. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our global audience, wherever you're joining us from. My name is Agnes Amos Coleman. I'm an association executive. Over to you, Cecilia. Great. Thank you, Agnes. And we're really excited today to have first-time guest Kristen Kane from Charity Connect. And our topic today is going to be mindful volunteering. Welcome, Kristen. Would you like to say hello to our audience and tell us a little about yourself? Sure. I'm Kristen Kane. I'm the founder and director of Charity Connect. We are a volunteer-led nonprofit with a mission to facilitate volunteerism. And we do that by sharing the principles of mindful volunteering and building relationships with people who want to volunteer and organizations that utilize volunteers. Hey, well, that sounds great. And I know our audience is always interested in volunteers and giving them that great experience. So on the topic of mindful volunteering, though, Kristen, what do you mean when you say mindful volunteering? Yes, I'm very passionate about it. And I feel like the real benefits of volunteering for the individual, as well as the benefits for the organization in terms of having that sustainable recurrent volunteer really can only be reached if you apply mindfulness to the decision. So on the the individual's end, that's trying to see what goals they could accomplish through their volunteering. What do they really want to do? What do they not want to do as part of their volunteering? I think that for a long time, people have thought volunteering should be completely Mm self-sacrificial, that it should be about what you're giving and it doesn't matter what you could possibly get out of it and not even thinking about what they like to do. And then what happens is people don't think before they volunteer, they volunteer, it might not be the right fit, and then they don't want to come back. So from a nonprofit's point of view, they've now, you know, kind of even hurt the nonprofit by the nonprofit having to take the time to onboard that volunteer when it wasn't the right fit. Mm, That's just a taste of it. (laughs) And and that echoes so much my experience as a volunteer manager and director. Uh, We all have these different titles, but a lot of what I did over the years is work with volunteers and help them get that experience. And so to me, that just is common sense, what you just Mm -hmm. said, Kristen. So I agree with that. Uh, Agnes. uh, Yeah. You know, one of the things that kind of excites me about this topic, Kristen, is that intentional choice to make a difference and really thinking through that process, which is what you've just explained to us. And I'm always, I'm an advocate of looking at how we can transition our retired community back into volunteering. It's always been at, at my heart because I know that this group has so much to offer us and not only in their talent, but in the ability to shape the course of our global association. So I am interested in your perspective on how can we make that transition as an association? What do we need to do to engage this particular group? Mm -hmm. And I think there's more in common. So many of our clients 
who are the individuals who wish to volunteer are mm-hmm. retirees. Many work full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. And I think there's uh, a real differenti- differentiation here. Um, and I'm finding the same thing. So even if you're retired, you still have to make time for volunteer because for volunteering, because you still have commitments that are coming up and what you might be missing is a feeling of purpose. Mm. And a lot of people who are working full time also have a kind of missing element that they're, they're doing their job, they're doing the work, but something is still missing kind of a a higher purpose or a purpose outside of themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think the key here is to create time by asking individuals to ask themselves or the nonprofit that's hopefully doing an intake of that volunteer to ask them what, how can we integrate this volunteering into their lives? So looking at, for example, a retired person, um, what do they do in their career? Do they want to use those skills again? Is that something that they want to incorporate or do they not? You know, that's a question too. Just assuming if someone retired from being a lawyer that they would want to use that and be on a governance committee, maybe Mm -hmm. they are happy. They're no longer a lawyer and they don't want to do (laughs) that anymore. So it's really from, from an individual's point of view, and we have a self-inventory tool that we use, it's asking them questions. And from a volunteer manager, it's also asking them questions mm-hmm. and finding out where is there other sparks of joy that we could tie into this volunteering? What do mm-hmm. they like doing? What do they want to do in their free time? How could you translate that into service? Sparks of joy. I love, I love that. Yeah. Do I sound like Marie Kondo when you spark joy in your home? Exactly. I love that. You know, uh, hashtag sparks of joy. It's true though. Yeah. And so Marie Kondo too. I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and I do have her book. I'm trying to learn how to fold my clothes better. Uh, oh, she changed my life. Yeah, I got, I fell deep into that whole thing. Um, But yeah, but you can do that, that mentality to Mm -hmm. volunteering. If, if the volunteer, the prospective volunteer is kind of choosy and says, what does fit with me? What brings me joy? And how could I tie that into my service? Think of Mm -hmm. how much you're going to give more Mm -hmm. naturally. And for a volunteer manager to take the time and just a little front end investment can turn that volunteer into your future MVP Mm -hmm. as far as saying, you know, what do you, what do you want to be doing and how does that intersect with the needs of our organization? Right. Yeah. And I just, you know, and you're really making me think a lot, uh, back to my days as a volunteer director, and I used to keep a notebook next to the phone. And whenever I would talk to a member and they talked about, well, gee, I think I'd like to get more involved. And I, I would basically ask them a series of questions. Um, it wasn't a formal assessment like you have, but I would just say, well, well, what would you like to do? Do you, do you want to apply something you already know, or do you want to learn something new? Uh, what is it you'd like to do? And then I would write it down and say, I'll get back to you when something comes up. And I always did. I mean, I wasn't one of those people who said, oh, I'll get back to you and never did. It's like when that opportunity came around, I would call them and say, are you still interested in this? Because you're absolutely right, Kristen. Uh, we have to find a way to make that experience more meaningful for Mm -hmm. the volunteer, that they're getting something else out of it. They're learning something new or they're applying what they know in a different way and and Mm -hmm. kind of building out that experience. And 
it's why I'm a big believer in micro volunteering. Um, and I kind of joke around that back in the nineties, I invented it, but I didn't think to name it because that's basically what I was doing with my phone calls. You know, it's micro volunteering. You want to do this little thing. And then once you get people in the door by letting them do a small thing, then they do want to do those bigger things, yeah. like you said. And I also, uh, building on your sparks of joy comment, I love that. Uh, so how do you spark joy with your volunteer assessment? So it's getting people excited and getting people empowered. So I think meeting with people and really changing the mindset to how could this fit into your life and think simple things that people don't even think about in terms of, uh, I just was talking to a woman and, and she's been happily volunteering in one area as a mentor for years and took on another mentee. She wants to do something in addition to that. And I told her of something that, um, was an opportunity to, garden. That's something she's interested in. So spark joy by using her hobby to work with, um, underserved youth gardening. Mm -hmm. And I further said, do you have a friend that you could bring with you for the first time? So that's a personal goal to spend time with friends. But if you bring a friend that way too, if she, if it's not the right fit to your point of micro volunteering, she's Mm -hmm. gone and tried it. She's only signed up for that one thing. I always tell clients start small because they get excited and tend to overcommit. So <laughs> start small. <laughs> and, you know, worst case scenario, let's say there's some um, organizational fails, like not enough work for her to do, which is a number one kind of deal breaker, mm-hmm. um, or they're, they're not quite organized enough for her. At least she's had a fun outing with her friend. Yes. Let's talk about, yeah, go ahead. I want to just talk about uh, now from an organization perspective, because as you know, in our association community, I like the micro volunteers and I like the idea of just being personal and relating with our volunteers, you know, tailoring their needs to what they want to do within our association. But is there a way as an organization or as an association that we can actually create a value around? how we attract, engage, and retain volunteers? Mm-hmm. Is there a I'd way? I'd love to start at the end. Um, okay. One with retainment. Okay. Because I've, there's something I feel very passionately about that's an element I think is really important. What I've noticed, so I have this unique perspective, right? I'm talking to all these volunteers that are volunteering at different organizations and I'm making sure that they're placed well because I'm placing them and that it's working. I'm also talking to all these different nonprofits. I work with Mm -hmm. over 90 at this point. So finding out what's working for them and what's not working. So I have some some formed opinions about this subject. (laughs) I love it. I'll say that um, everyone's different. But there's a very consistent measure of volunteer satisfaction, which is understanding that what they did made an impact. So if nothing else, I want the takeaway to be that a a volunteer organization, organization that utilizes the volunteers needs to convey how what their volunteering is doing is making an impact. And that is from the littlest thing. If you tell your volunteer, hey, could you help us out and move this from here to here? Because add five more words about how this helped. 
-hmm. I'll give you, can I give you a quick example of this? So I was volunteering myself. Oftentimes I try to volunteer myself to kind of get the firsthand experience. I was volunteering at a fabulous organization that helps get clothes and household items out to our neighbors in need. And when I volunteer, I'm like super pumped up about it. And I make a common volunteer mistake myself of trying to be super efficient. Mm -hmm. And I was, they told me, you know, I did it like, okay, I'm done. What next? What next? What next? And they said, okay, now if you could go and take the empty hangers off the racks and put them at the end. And I did it, but in my head, I was thinking, I was questioning it. And I was thinking, but why? Because the neighbors are still shopping. And so why wouldn't I wait till the end and, you know, clean up then? This doesn't seem like a good use of my time. I did not say anything like this. <laughs> did my job, but I thought it. And then I had a debrief meeting with the volunteer manager. She wanted to know my impressions and, and any recommendations. And I brought this up and she said, oh, this is because we want to keep everything in dignity condition. And we want the neighbors to not look and see, oh, I missed out on this top and this top and this top because there are all these empty hangers. And I was like, that's fantastic. I would recommend saying to your volunteers, could you please um, go through and take off the empty hangers and put them on the end to make sure the racks look nice for our neighbors in need? Mm -hmm. Because then I would have done that task I did the task, but I would have done it with a lot more pride and intention because I would have understand, understood the meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. In addition to showing your volunteers the impact that they're making, you're kind of reminding yourself why you're here mm-hmm. in, a, in a high burnout position of volunteering. You know your mission, you know why you're here, but always telling it to your volunteers in a little comma, a couple words at the end of a task you're, you're going to kind of subconsciously build up yourself and your commitment to your mission. Mm, Wow. And I, I, that is so good. Uh, I mean, it is so good, but it's also a really good example is what I'm trying to say badly. Uh, that's a very good example because by not, uh, building that out for people before they do it, you're right. You, you start to question it. Uh, but it also makes you more mindful, which brings us to the topic of mindful volunteering, because we want to make sure people understand why we're asking them to do what they're doing mm-hmm. and what's the purpose of it. And I also volunteer. I, I try to volunteer in at least one thing. I usually end up in more than one thing because uh, like that's why I was laughing before when you said something that we don't want people to overcommit. I was laughing. It's like, oh gosh, you know, I overcommit even though I intention I have the intention of not doing it. But you know, you just get sucked into stuff, right? <laughs> well, yeah, sure, I'll help you with that. And so I think that's a, a really good uh, piece of coaching to give to people about. You know, you want to be helpful. You're a generous person. You're a kind person, uh, and you say, sure, I can help. But you really have to be careful about how many times you say, sure, I can do that. Because next thing you know, you said, sure, I can do that. So many times you really can't do any of it, mm-hmm. or at least you're not doing it well. So uh, as we wrap up, we're getting close to the end of our time already. Uh, and this has been a great follow-up to our last episode, which is about our last episode was about why nonprofit executives should volunteer for all the reasons you just said, Kristen. So what are, as we do our wrap up, what do you think is or I should say, are, what do you think are the two or three points you should always make to a volunteer, you know, about their experience, 
what to expect and, and how not to overcommit. Mm-hmm. So yes, a lot of great points. I think um, if I can distill it down, I would say, you know, making sure they understand their impact, having some sort of intake, not only in the beginning to ask them, you know, what they're interested in and at, to your point, what skills do they want to use? What skills mm-hmm. do they want to learn? But also having a, a system in place for both the intake and a check-in. So going back to those questions, you came here saying you wanted to learn this and do this. Do you feel like that's happening? What's working for you? What's not working for you? So checking in on that. And then also kind of thinking uh, Goldilocks with your tax, with your tasks that you're given. Don't give a volunteer and something that's too cold, like stuffing envelopes. Sorry. I know that's a lot of hate on that, but um, have your friends <laughs> over, you know, maybe, uh, do that separately. That's not a great task for a volunteer. Um, and don't make it too hot. Don't put someone in it. You know, if you're working with kids and you have a kid that's hard for you as a staff person, please don't give that kid to the volunteer to take and, and work with that kid. So making sure your tasks are appropriate for the person that you're giving them to. Well, and for our global audience, because we all have different fables and fairy tales, uh, Goldilocks is a reference to Goldilocks and the three bears and trying to find the right fit. Uh, And I know we all have different stories in that vein. So just for our global audience, that's what we need, what Goldilocks meant. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so not too hot, not too cold, but the the soup needs to be just the right temperature. Thank you. Excuse me. So uh, we do need to do our wrap up already. Uh, This has been a lovely conversation, Kristen. And, and I know that we are going to want to have you back in the future to discuss volunteering. So I just like to ask Agnes if she has any final thoughts or final question that she'd like to add. No, that's great. Well, Kristen, thank you for sharing this perspective with our global audience. I think it's it's great, not only from an individual perspective who wants to volunteer that, you know, thoughtfulness, that intentionality and that mindfulness process of what do I want to accomplish right down to our organizations, associations who are thinking of engaging and creating value around volunteerism. I think there's enough for everybody here to benefit. So thank you for sharing the perspective. And uh, we look forward to having you back. And uh, to our global audience, thank you for watching and thank you for listening. And we hope that you can uh, get something out of what Kristen has shared. That's great. Yes. Uh, and, And I agree with Agnes as usual on all those comments. So uh, Kristen, we do like to ask our guests, what is your closing thought? Meaning what would you like the audience to take away today? And then if they wanted to get in touch with you or learn more about Charity Connect, how can they do that? Sure, so my closing thought would be, everyone has time for volunteering and it'll round out your life. Make sure it can fit in with something else you have going on. And that's, that's the secret to getting it into your life. And you can keep up with us on Facebook, charityconnect.impact. Um, and our website is charityconnect.us. Yes, great. Thank and, you for uh, having me. You're welcome. You are welcome. Thank you for joining us. Such a pleasure. <laughs> Great conversation. And you bring such a positive, sunny attitude to volunteering, yes. which I love because I try to do that as well. And so mm-hmm. it's great to see other people doing it. Uh, so thank you for accepting the invitation, Kristen, and uh, we will have you back. Uh, so we need to go rogue for now. 
but uh, you might want to subscribe so you don't miss any of our future exciting episodes. So you can subscribe to our YouTube list or you can find us on your favorite podcast service in both audio and video formats. If you'd like to learn more about Rogue Tulips and how we could help your nonprofit organization, check us out at roguetulips.com. If you are an association or nonprofit professional looking for some learning, or maybe you're trying to get some CAE hours, uh, check out our programs at the 501C League, in which we do prep and offer courses for renewal. You can learn more there at the 501Cleague.net. Thanks for joining us as always. And on behalf of myself, Agnes, and Kristen, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>